It all started with a dream. This is so stupid! <laughs> In my whole life, <laughs> I got some things to say. I'm still slowly dying, but uh. hey, we all are. Good morning, Back Row Radio. I'm Matt. And I'm Mo. And you're streaming the morning side hug, a Back Row Morning Show exclusively on BackRowRadio.com. On today's show, leaving a voicemail is rude. And we dive into a deep topic. Your time is where your treasure is. Hmm. But first, it is Tuesday, January 14th, and we have a holiday to celebrate. We do. It's National Dress Up Your Pet Day. (laughs) You did not hear me wrong. It is National Dress Up Your Pet Day on January 14th, and we want you to go all out. Celebrate by dressing up your furry family member in comfortable pet clothing. Maybe even get matching outfits if you want to get crazy. If it were a normal day, people would be staring at you and your dog on the street. However, on National Dress Up Your Pet Day, matching outfits are not only accepted, but encouraged. (laughs) Who's the angel responsible for this holiday? National Dress Up Your Pet Day was started in 2009 by celebrity pet lifestyle expert and animal behaviorist Colleen Page. It celebrates pets and helps to support the pet fashion community. (laughs) You may be asking, how can I celebrate today? Here's how. Have a friend take photos of you and your pet's new outfits. Did you even dress up your dog if you didn't take a picture of it? Nope. You need to commemorate (laughs) you and your dog looking stylish. Have a mini photo shoot and upload the pictures to your social media. Or if your friends aren't nice enough to indulge you, just take a selfie. Or three. Or ten. Either way, the moment is captured. (laughs) You can also use hashtag dress up your pet on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hashtag hashtag dress up your pet day on Facebook, (laughs) Twitter, and Instagram. Search this hashtag to see how other dog owners have dressed up their dogs in the past. You'll get inspired immediately. And who knows? You might start some friendly competition. (laughs) So, all of that was said with a... Slight hint of snark. No, no snark at all. (laughs) None. So there was a third way to celebrate listed on on the show. Oh, gosh. And that, but I took it out because it just seemed wrong. And it was. This is the second time you've done this. I just want to point it out. I'm going to do this. It said the third way is if you don't have a pet, dress up your children instead. Don't you do that every day? I was thinking the same thing. (laughs) I literally do that every day. How are you going to celebrate Dress Up Your Pet Day by dressing up your kid? My kid's not my pet. (laughs) Exactly. If you don't have a pet, you just don't celebrate this day. Yeah. (laughs) There was, um, when, this was a while back, but my brother-in-law, Deidre's brother, him and his, his wife posted a picture of them in a store holding a onesie. Okay. And that's it. No caption, no nothing. Posted it online, left it there for hours. Clearly. I mean, that's a way to get people talking. Everyone was freaking out. Oh my gosh. 
finally another baby or a baby for them, another baby in our family, you know. Yeah. And finally, at the end of the day, they posted a picture of their dog wearing the onesie saying, I think we may be in trouble. Yeah. (laughs) They knew what they were doing. They did that on purpose. But yeah, you know, I'm fine with people dressing up their dogs. My mother used to put, you know, little sweaters and stuff Mm -hmm. on, on her dogs. As long as you don't call them your fur babies, I'm fine. That's right, Mo. No, I'm with you 100% on this. <laughs> yeah. Like 100%. Fur babies Listen, makes me want there to are, but There are some breeds of animals, some breeds of dogs who have to have sweaters, mm-hmm. in, especially in the winter months. We have two Boston Terriers. Yeah. They are short coat dogs, and they have actual hair, not fur. Right. So when they go outside in the winter months, they're freezing. Yeah. Like our little one literally shakes and just sits at the back door like, please let me in. <laughs> so they have sweaters so that they can go outside and do their business. Which totally makes sense. Yeah. Okay. I have a family member who a few years ago, before she had children of her own, insisted on celebrating Mother's Day because she had a dog oh, and gosh. it was her fur baby. And I took 100% offense oh. to that. I almost vomited. Like, Sorry. <laughs> so, and I felt like, and like, this was years ago. So, her mother even indulged her in this and was like, "Happy for Mother's Day!" Heck, no, 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 no. You did not carry that puppy in your womb for nine months. You did not go through labor and delivery. You did not have to deal with postpartum depression. Any sort of postpartum anxiety or worry or fear you didn't have to deal with any of that you went to the breeder you got a dog you brought it home you had to potty train it sure you had to house train it okay but at any given moment if it got to be too much you could get rid of your dog i know that it's a taboo subject that we don't get rid of our fur family members because you know but it's an option I didn't know you had such a rant in your arsenal about this. Well, but I, yeah, it you're would right. have stayed locked away forever had you not brought it up. I just want you to know this is your fault, Matthew. Your fault. Oh, my goodness gracious. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I just think it's insane. It's insane. There And here's the thing. There are people who struggle with getting pregnant. And sure. That I am sensitive towards. Sure. 100%. But if you are choosing to not have a baby and you want to call your fur baby your baby and then be recognized on Mother's Day or Father's Day or whatever, we got issues, my friend. I feel like it's typically not the people who struggle with with getting pregnant that call their dogs fur babies. It's just the obnoxious people. Yes, and this family member is the epitome of obnoxious. Love them. Obnoxious. Oh, goodness. Well, it is Tuesday, Good News Day, and we got a few uh, news articles for you here to uplift you. Have you ever felt warm and fuzzy inside after doing something compassionate for someone else? Well, this impressive new study shows that there might be a lot more serious science behind that warm and fuzzy feeling than we originally thought. Researchers from several Chinese universities put together the study in order to more closely examine why humans might act altruistically at their own expense. Devising a number of tests, the researchers were able to measure charitable actions, mostly altruistic giving, in parallel with pain, sensitivity, and management. 
Their work, published in the Proceeds of the National Academy of Sciences, uh, otherwise known as PNAS. <laughs> Why did you have to say that? You didn't have to say that. That's how it's pronounced. You did not. PNAS. <laughs> Stop. It's usually me. It's a Why are you are doing this about? right this now? Is, that's what it's called. I just want you to all know because you can't see like I can. I have just witnessed Matthew turn into a different shade of red that I have ever seen before. Oh, goodness. This <laughs> work reveals some startling insights into different reasons why we may choose to give or help others at the cost of our own livelihood. Notably, the scientists found that acting altruistically re- uh, relieved not only acutely induced physical pain among healthy adults, but also chronic pain among cancer patients. Uh, in just their first pilot study, dramatic results were found after individuals were reported to have experienced more pain when having blood drawn for regular lab tests than when their blood was drawn for donations to earthquake victims. Even though the needle was uh, used was larger and the quantity of blood taken was greater in the donation subjects compared to the test-taking subjects. Isn't no. that strange? Yes. That's... They felt less pain because they were doing something good. Mm-mm. <laughs> no. But, I mean, this, this does highlight something that I feel like Christians, like, just automatically believe, and that is giving and, and kindness is is inherently good for us, not just because it's something that God tells us to do, but because it does make us feel like better people. I mean, yeah. it makes us feel like we're doing some things right, yeah. which <laughs> for some of us is a rare thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like I feel like we all feel a little bit better about not just like our personality and you know our our overall. Well-being. Um, well-being, but I, f- I feel like we all feel better, like, physically, when our mind is not focused on us. When we're focused on other people. When I mean, that's the, I mean, that's the idea, like, with, with CR, I mean, Christians in general, but specifically CR, since we're involved with it, in that, you know, the 12-step recovery always works a little bit better when you're giving back to recovery. Right. You know, when you're doing something for somebody else, serving somebody else, um, that, that helps you in your process. And that doesn't necessarily make it a selfish act to, you know, I'm just doing this to feel better. It's it's the fact that you're doing it genuinely, mm-hmm. uh, that you're wanting to serve, you're wanting to give back, that helps you. Yeah. Uh, mentally, physically, uh, with addictions and all that. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of a Friends episode, and for anyone who knows <laughs> me well enough, of course it does. knows that... <laughs> I relate most of my life to a Friends episode in some way, <laughs> form, or fashion. Um, but there's an episode where Phoebe is challenged with the idea of, is there any unselfish, selfless act? Yeah, okay, I'm remembering that. Oh. And she talks about how she carried um, triplets for her brother who his wife couldn't get pregnant. And they were like, yeah, but that made you feel good because you were doing something for someone. So therefore, it wasn't unselfless unselfish in the end of it you felt good and you got two nieces and a nephew out of it okay fine well then she goes into a history about how pbs when she was a child pbs did her wrong and joey is going on the pbs channel to do one of their do you remember when pbs used to do those telethons they might still do but anyway 
he was going on to answer phones and he thought he was going to host but he was just answering phones uh. and so he doesn't get an actual shot at all ever on the telethon until phoebe calls in and makes a donation and she makes a substantial amount of money gives a su- substantial amount of money to pbs who did her wrong as a child that was her whole argument is i'm doing this for joey because he's there even though i don't like pbs and what they stand for and then it pans over to joey and he gets a shot on tv and phoebe's jumping up and down I gave to PBS and that got Joey on TV. Wait a minute. (laughs) Because then again, her selfless act ended up making her feel good and it became selfish. Right. So the only way, the only way it can be a selfless act is if you still feel miserable after you you do it. you still feel like garbage after (laughs) completing it. Absolutely wrong. There is no. I mean, I do kind of wonder about having my blood taken with a giant needle <laughs> like i don't I, were you the person that always had to go sit in a chair after they gave blood and like eat a i don't give blood stuff? you've never given blood no oh Mm-mm. okay sorry everybody can crucify <laughs> me now if they oh want well i don't to. think you can because you've been overseas and they don't usually let people that have been overseas give blood I think it's only certain areas overseas because Chris has given blood. Has and he? I don't think that Europe is one of those places that I know is Germany considered. is. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, never Daedra mind. Because Daedra can't give blood. Oh, well, then and that's I, my and excuse. I knew a few, and I knew um, a few other people in school that had lived in Germany with the Air Force and they couldn't give blood either. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> in fact, we were doing, a, we were doing a, a news thing, like a school news thing, uh, which I was in charge of for, for a year. Uh, and I took my friend to go, he was, he was our on air guy. I was just the camera guy and he was going to go give blood as part of the, the story. Yeah. Uh, so he'd be talking about it and interviewing the person while he's giving blood. Yeah. So we cut and we go back there and come back and he's in front of the camera. Well, apparently I can't give blood cause I'm half vampire. <laughs> he just walked away. <laughs> so it came really funny. But, um. But yeah, it's it's because he was he grew up in Germany for a couple of years, huh. and they couldn't do it anymore. Well, hey, uh, what do you know? And I can't do it either anymore, because you know they frown upon people who have been locked away for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you mentioned I, it last week, and so I've just been alluding to it a little more every episode. I was just gonna I say, spent a like, small amount of time in jail, guys. Listen, I didn't realize that when we were changing up the whole morning show, gave it a new name, kind of doing a new script, that we weren't talking about who you were. Well, we haven't really talked about it a lot. Um, It's only briefly come up in the morning show. And then I say something last week about how Halloween is a no-no for you, and you're like... Off camera, it's, giving me these eyes, and I'm no, it's no, not talk yeah. about my felony past, please. But now twice, <laughs> twice this week, you've already brought it up. So lesson learned: Matt can talk about it. My testimony is online. Okay, I thought you. I really thought you were about to be like, my testimony is my testimony. You cannot talk about you it. You don't get to dictate when I share my heart with America. Okay, that's fair. And the United Kingdom and that's Canada, the three places that we're allowed to broadcast. That's fair. Uh, 
<laughs> no, my testimony is online. Go to YouTube. Matt Coker's testimony. Uh, I don't know. I don't even know what channel it's on anymore. But uh, it's out there. You'll find it. Anyway, if you really care, that's the story. And you'll you'll look at me differently. But you won't look at me at all because we're on the radio. Uh, oh, yeah, <laughs> let's yeah, move yeah. on to the next story. All right. <laughs> to learn new things, we must sometimes fail. But what's the right amount of failure? New research led by the University of Arizona proposes a mathematical answer to that question. Educators and scholars have long recognized that there's some something of a sweet spot when it comes to learning. That is, we learn best when we're challenged to grasp something just outside the bounds of our existing knowledge. When a challenge is too simple, we don't learn anything new. Likewise, we don't enhance our knowledge when a challenge is so difficult that we completely fail or give up. So where does this sweet spot lie? According to the new study, which was published in the journal in the journal Nature Communications, uh, 80, it is when failure occurs 15% of the time. Put another way, it's when the right answer is correctly given 85% of the time. These ideas that were out there in the education field, that there is this zone of prox- proximal difficulty mm-hmm. in which you ought to be maximizing your learning, we've put that on a mathematical footing, said U Arizona Assistant Professor of Psychology and Cognitive Science Robert Wilson, lead author of the study. If you're taking classes that are too easy and acing them all the time, then you're probably getting as much as much out of the class as someone who's struggling. Probably aren't getting as much. Yeah, you're probably not <laughs> getting as much out of the class as someone who's struggling but managing to keep up. So, B students rejoice. Yeah. Apparently, that's a sweet spot. Middle of a B right there. You know? And, you know, I, I was thinking about this and trying to remember back to high school. Because senior year, you know, it's where you're kind of getting your last credits in that you've missed up to that point. And so you take the easiest route you can to make your senior year easy. And so I had, like... Not me. Oh, I did. <laughs> so I took, like, two or three classes that were just, like, I knew I would ace them, but they gave me my credit. I don't remember anything from those classes. Really? Like I would be, there was even one class, uh, it was the very last semester, like, uh, you know, I was doing the cat TV thing, the news thing I just talked about. I was also head of the school newspaper and I had a hall pass because I was in both of these things, an unlimited hall pass Mm -hmm. to go wherever I wanted, whenever I wanted. It was signed by uh, the principal. Right. I never had to get permission to be anywhere. So that was cool. They gave you too much freedom. And they really did. <laughs> and um, I could go to like all the football games and everything for free. I could go anywhere I wanted. It was nice. I was I was I was a king. I lived like a king. Oh my gosh! Senior, you know, but, <laughs> but no, I took I took this class called uh, informal geometry, this math class, and I went in there and it was it was they would give you like the little lesson. It would be I took a ten minute lesson and then you have all this work you had to complete before you left. And everybody else in that class would be in there that whole two-hour block. I would finish in about 15 minutes. And it would be like on a Scantron thing. Mm-hmm. And so I'd take it up to the teacher. She'd scan it through. I'd ace it. I'd say, all right, I'm going to go. And I would just leave every single day. And so there was nothing in that class that I didn't know already when right. I took it. And that's because there weren't a lot of seniors in that class. It was it was typically taken by sophomores and juniors. Uh, but I was just taking because I was missing that credit. I don't remember anything from that class. Yeah. 
because I didn't learn anything. Even though you already knew it. Right. And now I don't know that I know any of that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> because I didn't actually challenge myself at all. Had I taken a normal geometry class or anything slightly above where I was, I would have more knowledge now. I would have graduated with a bit more knowledge in geometry than I had. Yeah. And that did come to bite me in the butt when I went to college because then I had to take a college geometry class and I didn't know Jack. Right. I knew nothing about what I needed to know. And uh, so, yeah, there, there's just several classes that I ace that I just have no skill from. I learned nothing. Hmm. So I totally see how being a B student would be beneficial to actually learning things. Right. And, yeah, had I been in a normal geometry class, I'm sure I would have hovered around a B. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I get it. See, and I was not a good student at all, all four years of high school. <laughs> I was there for the social aspect of it. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) But come senior year, I'm missing like three credits in order to graduate. (laughs) And that's not an easy task to make up in a a school year. So you didn't have a great senior year. (laughs) No. Actually, I had to take a night class at the community college in order to graduate. And the the only class that met... The amount of credits that I needed in order to meet the required credits to graduate from high school was welding. And so my entire senior year, I went to the community college three nights a week and I was a welder. And that is actually something that to this day, I love. If I could get a job as a welder, totally would do it. I know. Even Chris is like, seriously? That's not something that I would have ever imagined or envisioned. But I spent, what, 10 months at a, in a college environment. And there were a handful of other students there who were from my high school. But they were taking that dual credit as a dual credit because they that was the profession. That was the field they They're wanted to go, go into. into. Yeah. yeah. And they were all male. So... I'm there with a bunch of guys that I've grown up with, a handful of guys that I've grown up with, and they're actually really helping me and investing their time into helping me learn how to become a good welder. And I can actually weld. You know, just when I think I've got you figured out, Mo. I know. I throw <laughs> I throw a truth bomb at you, you and you're like, what? Real out of left field curveball at me. Yep. Yep. You're a semi-professional welder. I mean, I've taken a college course in it. <laughs> Beginner's welding. That's that's strange. I know. Yeah. No. See, senior year for me, I didn't even have like my school my school day ended at about one thirty. It was nice. It was so yeah, nice. No. That sounds that sounds wonderful. Definitely no nighttime classes. Don't know what that's like. I get that. Yeah, my mom had to fight tooth and nail. In order to get me really to graduate on time. Good night. Yeah. Well, you did it. Yeah, I did it. <laughs> All right. Lastly, in junk food news, which I think when we first did it last week, I thought it might just be a random segment. Segment, but I think we're going to do this every Tuesday yes. with junk food news because there's just new stuff coming out all the time. All the time. So here's some new products that stuff have recently that we can't eat. <laughs> right, been spotted in stores or uh, announced and coming soon. We got Lint Lindor Dark Chocolate Strawberry Truffles. I love 
those Lindor truffles so much. Just I do the too. General, general ones. I do too. And the strawberries and cream. Yeah. Is the best. So you so might I'm, like this one. Yeah. yeah. Dark chocolate mm-hmm. with strawberry. Uh, Andy's mint coming out with a a mint cookie crunch thin. So, so it's, like it's going to taste like a mint Oreo. Okay. See, but I was thinking like Girl Scout thin mints. Oh no! I mean, it'll have that same flavor too. I bet, but. Yeah, what are you looking at over there? I threw the paper on the floor. Oh. <laughs> so I'm just, I just see her keep staring down at the ground. I'm like, is there a spider? What's going on over there? I'm reading along. <laughs> Jeez. All right, next up, the Reese's Peanut Butter Clusters. So Reese's still not running out of ideas to to make new candies. This one has Reese's Peanut Butter, Caramel, Peanuts, and Pecans covered in chocolate. So they're like a turtle, mm-hmm. but with Reese's peanut butter in there. Listen, and there's peanuts and pecans in there, so I think that we can consider this healthy. <laughs> Next up is Gatorade's new drink line, Bolt 24. These are just like Gatorade, except with 50 to 75 milligrams of caffeine. Ooh. And they got some fancy flavors, too. Fancier flavors. I don't have that listed, what they are. But they were fancy. That's kind of exciting. Yeah. Caffeinated Gatorade, y'all. And just as uh, Mitch Hedberg once said, you don't have to be an athlete to enjoy Gatorade. You just have to be a thirsty dude. Or or gal. Hey. Mo doesn't like it when I call her a dude. I don't. <laughs> I'm like, hey, dude. I am hey, not man. a dude. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> Gosh. All right, so hey, mark this one up with your husband. Mountain Dew is coming out with Mountain Dew Zero Sugar, which is a separate version from Diet Mountain Dew. Hmm. It'll be completely different. Just like they have Diet Pepsi and Pepsi Zero. Right. Uh, they're going to be different. But I think Zero Sugar, from what I can tell so far, is supposed to be slightly healthier than the Diet Mountain Dew, which we have established has a chemical in it that destroys your liver. Well... <laughs> Anything zero is always going to be healthier than the diet. Mm-hmm. Coke zero, Pepsi zero, whatever. See, for, for years, for years when the, that started happening, I assumed that was the diet. Just the, yeah, the new yeah. word for diet. Yeah, I didn't realize that. No, this is a new formula that's supposed to taste more like the original and be better less, for you, less chemically than yep. the diet ones. Um, so yeah, I've already been drinking the Mountain Dew Baja Blast. Zero sugar, yeah, at Taco Bell, which is phenomenal. It's really good. Um, so I'm looking forward to trying this too because I miss Diet Mountain Dew. I've stopped drinking it because it's it's literally the worst diet soda on the planet. I don't know how you people can like. <laughs> it just makes me feel like my insides are going to become radioactive when you drink this. Drinking this neon colored and. My husband and kids love it. Mm-hmm. And I'm the mom that's like, stop giving my kids Mountain Dew. Stop. That's the American drink. I'll give them a cup of coffee before I give them a cup of Mountain Dew. The the American teenage snack is no. Mountain Dew and Doritos. That's that's where we go. You know? All right, next up, Cheetos popcorn coming in two flavors. You got cheddar and you got the Flamin' Hot popcorn. Which is interesting. This is something I've always wondered. Do you try the flaming? Do you eat the flaming hot stuff? Yes. Is it still cheese flavored, but hot, 
or is it just a hot flavor on the whatever? So I didn't ever think about that question until reading this because one is cheddar and one is flaming hot. Well, is it flaming hot cheddar or is it just hot? I guess that it's really not a yeah. cheddar flavor now that I think about it. I think that I've just always, like my mind has just associated, associated with it, it with yeah. cheddar. Because it's Cheetos typically. Yeah, because I mean, what exactly would be a flaming hot flavor? Like a jalapeno? Right, but they have a cheddar jalapeno flaming hot version of Cheetos. But they specifically say cheddar in it. Yeah. While their normal Flaming Hot doesn't say cheese anywhere that I have noticed anyway. Yeah, and I now guess they're that coming it's out not. With, and now they're coming out with all the other Flaming Hot. They're Flaming Hot Funyuns, Flaming Hot Ruffles. And I'm like, okay, well, those aren't going to be cheesy. So is it the same concoction on these things? Or is it a non-cheesy version on these things that I don't know what I don't know what to expect? Will the Flaming Hot Funyuns still taste like onion? Or will they only taste like Flaming Hot with a different texture? Same with the Ruffles. You know? Well, the potato chip in the Ruffle, that, that potato, you can't really get rid of that. Well, flavor. and that's kind of how I feel about a Funyun as well. It's still a Funyun. It's a Flaming Hot Funyun. So it still would have the flavor of an onion. But, for, but I mean, that's still an artificial Cheetos, flavor. Just like with the Cheetos, the cheddar is yeah. the artificial flavor. I don't know, Matt. I don't know. Ruffles, potato. You're, it's you're be potato. analyzing this too much. <laughs> we have cheddar jalapeno lays. Those are coming out. That sounds really good. That's honestly, the, yeah, that's the new. Yeah, that's the new big one. Yeah. Uh, all right, Cool Ranch Doritos have come out, and they now have more. Cool Ranch. Cool Ranch them. is my least favorite. It's your least favorite? That's yeah. my most favorite, which is strange because I hate ranch yeah. dressing. See, but and I that... Love cool Ranch. Okay, chips. so that may be why I don't like Cool Ranch because I love ranch dressing. Yeah? Like, mm. whenever we order something to go from something different and they give us their little cups of the homemade ranch mm-hmm. sauce, I am known for licking those cups clean. <laughs> Gross. I love, and especially a homemade ranch. Oh, it is so yeah. good. Yeah. And so, yeah, Cool Ranch tastes nothing like ranch, cool ranch dressing. Yeah. Something about it ever since I was a kid, pulling out a Cool Ranch Dorito and seeing those little red and green flecks nope. all over Mm-mm. and licking those clean. No. Mm-mm. Gross. Delicious. <laughs> so I'm even more upset that I'm on keto now because <laughs> that's one of my favorite all-time snacks nope. that I can't have. Yeah. Stuck with Quests, ranch protein tortilla style chips. You know. Which aren't bad, but they're not Doritos. At least you have an option. <laughs> That's true. There you go. Uh, <laughs> we got Skittles flavored drink mixes for water bottles, which is strange. Well, but okay, so my kid, Topher, loves Skittles. Yeah. That's like his candy. And they're sugar free. And he told me uh, before Christmas... In between Thanksgiving and Christmas. He was like, Mom, you know what the best thing to do with Skittles is? And I was like, what? He's like, put them in water and just let them dissolve. (laughs) And I just kind of looked at him like, that is such a teenage thing to say. (laughs) Because it's disgusting and yet somehow it makes sense. (laughs) So I think he's going to be super excited about Skittles flavored drink mixes. That might be his stocking stuffer next year. (laughs) This year. Uh, It's also on The Simpsons. Homer comes to uh, Moe's, I think, and says, well, give me that new uh, candy beer. What is it called? Skittle Brow. He goes, what? 
you know, where you pour Skittles into the beer, let them dissolve. I think you must have dreamed that, Homer. Oh. Okay, forget you heard it. And he goes and, like, makes his own, pours it in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Huh. Who knows? Skittle drinks. All right, we got uh, in the vein of Heinz coming out with their weird mixture sauces. You got the Cranch, the ketchup and ranch that mm-hmm. came out, the, the mustard and mayo that came out. Well, now they're coming out with a mixture of honey and sriracha. It's Heinz Honey Racha. I think I might like this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I uh, I still I don't I have not tried sriracha. Oh no! At all yet? No. It scares me. It scares me as a new. It felt like it came out of nowhere, and it just it scares me because it's new. So we always mix it with things. Yeah. Or we use it as like a to mix it in a marinade with meat. Mm. I've just I've never ate it just. Even had to like squirt it on directly yeah. on something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's how I feel like you'd have to try it to really experience it. Mm-hmm. There's also Jolly Rancher cereal coming out. This one's kind of thermal. Which, me. yeah, seems disgusting. Yeah, I don't... Because Jolly Rancher has a distinct flavor. It does. It, like, makes your jowls tingle, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know? It's just everything slightly tart. Yeah. And that doesn't feel like it would taste good in milk. No. <laughs> but then they had that... That Sour Patch Kids cereal that we never tried, that we said we were going to try on air, and we never did, that uh Okay, so here liked. we go. We so, have to, we can try the Sour we... Patch and the Jolly Rancher and determine which one is better. <laughs> which one is the lesser of two evils, because... And speaking of evils and Sour Patch Kids, coming up new, Chips Ahoy! With Sour Patch Kids in it. No. See, I don't what understand is going these on? things. Yeah. Like, why? <laughs> what is even the purpose? Who was asking for this? <laughs> My teenage sons. That's oh, who. Oh, goodness gracious. And lastly on here, this one intrigues me. Pop-Tart pretzels. Now, they're still shaped like Pop-Tarts, but they're made out of a more pretzely dough. They have, like, little salt on them, but they come in a chocolate-filled... And a cinnamon sugar filled variety. So like a sweet pretzel kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It interests me. Yeah. 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 Like I love I was, pretzels. I was, yeah. Especially like the soft kind of. Yep. Yeah. And I was skeptical when they took their big venture into the peanut butter. The Pop-Tart peanut butter flavors. I thought that's going to be disgusting. And they turned out to be really good. Yeah. In fact, every time I've been skeptical of Pop-Tarts throughout my entire life. They turned out to be really good. Yeah. Pop-Tart s'mores. I'm like, ooh. No, Ate they're it. Good. They're one of my favorites. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. who knows? I know. Could be really good. I think, honestly, out of all of them, that's the only one. Well, that one and the Cheddar Jalapeno Lays. Cheddar Jalapeno Lays, yeah. And then, of course, the chocolates. But I can't have those, so it is what it is. <laughs> Look, I, you know what? This is what I always say about... Uh, Lay's Chips, which is owned by Pepsi, of course. Pepsi might not ever be number one in the sodas. Coke might have the, the stranglehold on that for the for the rest of eternity. But no one's ever going to come close to Frito-Lay when it comes to snack food. I think I can There's agree no with way. that. There's just no way. Yeah. No way whatsoever. They've got the stranglehold. And there are some really good potato chip brands out there there are but when it comes to the 
It's like the home cooking of chips. It's yeah. Like if you want a comfort food, you're going for the overall experience of a chip, <laughs> of a snack chip. Mm-hmm. You want Frito Lays, and they're all good, man. They're all. Uh, that's good. the thing. I'm sitting here thinking of all my favorites. Cheeto puffs are my favorite. We must Frito, move chili on. Chili cheese Fritos. I oh, am hungry. Gosh. And my stomach is growing. I wasted too much time in my life not eating chili cheese Fritos. I'm going to say that right now. I was scared of them for a long time. And then I tried them for the first time, I want to say maybe 10 years ago. And I'm like, where? Oh, the actual flavor. Yeah, the chili. flavored ones. See, I'm bag. thinking like... No, I'm thinking like oh, a like Frito a, pie. Like a Frito pie. Like, yeah. I've had that. It's not, you know, that's not bad, but that's not my favorite. But the actual like flavored ones, fantastic. That's fair. <laughs> All right, this segment's gone on long because we're just drooling. We're starving. Coming up next, <laughs> is it rude to leave a voicemail? We examine the digital etiquette rule book. We'll be back at the top of the hour with more of the morning side hug right here on Back Row Radio. Welcome back to the Morning Side Hug, a back row morning show here on backrowradio.com. We're going to kick off the second hour with five random facts. Five random facts. Sliced bread wasn't invented until 1928 and was advertised as the greatest thing since wrapped bread, leading to the famous saying, greatest thing since sliced bread. (laughs) Ruth Graves Wakefield, the inventor of the first chocolate chip cookies, sold the idea to Nestle in return for a lifetime supply of chocolate. (laughs) <laughs> I've read that one before. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. So she, like, anyway. I think it, it was Never in an Unwrapped episode. Did you ever watch Unwrapped on Food Network? Mm-mm. Where they, it was like Mark Summers from Double Dare. Oh, gosh. And he would take, he would take everybody on, like, these behind-the-scenes interviews into the like, factories of certain candies and treats and whatever. And That's was, cool. They were really good, a really good series. I really wish they put them on DVD because I would buy that immediately. Yeah. Or a streaming service somewhere. Come on, Food Network. You have them all. They're a proprietary show. Just release them. Hey. You just (laughs) took me down a rabbit trail real quick. Go for it. Did you see what game show is going to come back and make a return? Double Dare? No, no. Oh. Legends of the Hidden Temple. Oh, yes. And they're also making a movie. Are they? Like, based on the mythology about it and all that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I am so excited. Yeah, that's exciting. I just that was hope a cool that it's. Show. I hope it's an adult game show. <laughs> like, I don't even want for my kids to be able to experience the joy of it. I want to experience the joy of it. But I'm pretty sure they're bringing back Double Dare too. Really? I'm pretty sure I've heard that. Well, and maybe even Guts. Actually, Double Dare has already been brought. Oh, back. has it been brought back? Yeah, that's right. It did. It was last year, I think. Uh, maybe a year before. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I've heard I've heard of it recently. My so. boys for real want to go on Double Dare. Yeah. And I've written in and done the whole like fill out the application. Oh, you've thing. like tried. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. I think it'd be cool. Yeah. Let's do it. Get on that slopstickle course. Heck yeah. Come out that nose or dig up in that nose for the flag or whatever. No, but That's listen, disgusting. I really want to run the temple. Yeah. <laughs> Find the hidden monkey. Yes. <laughs> <sighs> okay. That would terrify me. Really? Because you, you're because they, they had the people jump out at oh, you. Yeah. And you get in the wrong room, 
I would die. I would just sit no, there. No, they and just would crumple. die, Matt. They would die because you you just do like the defensive punch to the face real quick. They jump out. Wham! I'm sorry. Here's, here's my half a coin. I'm gonna go. Gosh, I love that show so much. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay. Rodents feel empathy. Researchers found that when offered the choice between a tasty treat or rescuing a drowning rat, they chose to save their fellow rats. Aww. Aww. (laughs) (laughs) The cheese you get in a Domino's, Papa John's, and Pizza Hut is all the same. I said N-A, but anyway, you get the point. It's made by Leprino Foods, a company that has control over 85% of the pizza cheese market. Yeah. That's why there's. That's why pretty much all pizza cheese from these chain restaurants have very little flavor, because they're all the same cheese. They're not doing anything different. <laughs> However, Little Caesars does not use Laprino foods, and that's why I really prefer their cheese. I don't prefer anything else of theirs. Oh, I but love I Little their Caesars. Cheese, I'm their so. Their cheese is what makes it. I'm so weird when it comes to Little Caesars. I am the minority that keeps Little Caesars going. I know that. I know that. I don't like ordering Little Caesars for large group events because they let you down every single time. Yeah. She's talking about our CR. For a little while, we were trying to have them because there's one literally. Yeah. There's literally one right across the street. And so we're like, hey, can we put in an order a few days in advance and you have this ready for us? And several times we get there like, oh, we haven't even started that. Okay. Well, we have 15 minutes. Uh, well, we'll be done in an hour. Um, There's an, another CR in our town, I was just, just going to tell you, that tried the same thing. And he did the exact same thing three yeah. different times to them. They're just not good for groups. It's this not. Is, this is a drive-by, get yourself a pizza and go kind of thing. Get yourself a Don't pizza try and, and a crazy order. bread. Don't try and order a group event. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> but, okay, so I have to just say, and I'm going to put my child out there on blast for a, a minute. This kind of surprises me, honestly, because when Mila was little, and I mean like just learning to walk little, Mm -hmm. every time we would eat Domino's pizza, she would have stomach issues for a few days, like bad stomach issues. Yeah. But it was just Domino's pizza. And so for a while, we would only order Pizza Hut, and she never had any sort of issue with Pizza Hut. But every time we ate Domino's... Poor kid. It was like three days before she could. Hmm. So you're thinking it must it must have been something in their crust or so sauce. I do know that Domino's uses the cornmeal yeah. when they make their crust. Mm-hmm. But I did that at home just to test out the whole crust idea to see. Oh, okay. And she had and no problems. No problem with that one. Nope. So maybe it was the sauce. Could have been the sauce. Yeah. If they all use the same cheese, I just assumed you know cheese and your. Yeah, body. functioning yeah, that's body. A, that's a thing. thing. Yeah. I just figured that that's what it was. But and it might not have been that case. You know, it might not have been Laprino Foods back then because that was eight years ago. Eight years ago now. Yeah, that's true. So who knows? I'm going to research it. <laughs> um, and lastly, there is currently a form of birth control for men in development that will require an injection. I don't Where? see this. <laughs> That's my first question. <laughs> Where will this injection be? In your booty? I would hope so. That. 
I mean, that's where you have to get the, I can't think of the name of it. It starts with a D. But anyway, the shot that's a birth control for women. Oh, I didn't know there was a shot for women. Yeah. I knew the patch. I knew that weird thing that you put inside you. The implant. Yeah. Yeah. That you put in your arm. Yeah. And then there's the pill, of course. They did the patch thing when we were first married. Yeah. Because we could get it for free through the campus. Yeah. Uh, healthcare. But it made her just sick and miserable all the time. Yeah. Just constantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Well, it messes with your hormones. Yeah. That's what, it, yeah, that was part of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was on the pill for a, a short while and gained 30 pounds within two months because <laughs> it just made me eat everything. So I was like, and I'm done with this. Not taking this anymore. But my mom used to get the shot and yeah. it was... In her butt. In the keister. Yeah, and she kept trying to tell me, you should just do the shot. Nope, mm-mm, I don't do needles. Thank you very much. <laughs> Not even a little bit. Yes. such a weenie about needles. Shut up. <laughs> you, you cannot call both, me a weenie. Both of my boys just got a flu shot. Neither one of them even flinched Good when Good for them. They are bigger men than I am. <laughs> <laughs> so proud of them. Why are you afraid of needles? Do you know why? Like, have you examined it in your life? You know me too well. (laughs) (laughs) So, here's the thing. My mom, before I was born, she went to school for nursing. Yeah. And she really should have become a phlebotomist because that's where her, like, area of expertise is. That's someone who draws blood, gives shots, works with needles. Up to speed. Uh Uh-huh. Um... I have one vein, and that is all. In your whole body. In my whole body. (laughs) One vein that is viable to take blood from. Okay. That's it. It is in my right arm, right in the crease of my elbow. Most people who draw blood don't like to go there because it's it's one of the... Harder veins to get to. Mm-hmm. Okay, they and have that's to tougher area skin yeah, too. Because they have to work harder yeah. to get to it. Okay, fine, whatever. I have to have a butterfly needle because my vein is so small, and you have to take it from that one spot. Since I was probably eight years old, I can remember my mom. Whenever I would go into doctor's appointments or whatever, she would tell the nurses or the techs, "This is the only place that you can draw from. Do not try anywhere else." So as an adult. I did the same thing. Listen, this is the only place you're going to be able to get blood from. And I have had numerous, numerous texts that have been like, this is my job. I know what I'm doing. I'll figure out where to draw from. They've bruised my arm. They've popped uh, blood vessels. They've popped veins in my... When I went in to have Mila, she tried to stick the IV in my hand. Yeah, my vein was bubbled up for two and a half weeks in my hand. Because I kept telling her, you cannot get anything there. You can't. And she's digging the needle all around inside. Yeah, so I don't do needles. I don't do people who think that that. they can tell me where things go. But what about shots? No, because it's a needle. Yeah, but it doesn't have anything to do with your veins. No, it doesn't have anything to do. Right. Well, it could go wrong. But not likely. It could go right through my arm. (laughs) Just like gelatin. Just. Yep. (laughs) But that's really the case. I just don't do needles. I get that. I get Overall. That. And I especially don't do getting my blood drawn. Okay. My my veins are not very easy to find most of the time. Every now and then there will be one that pops up in the crease. 
But they usually have to go in like my arm because you can see one just right here. Yeah. And so you usually have to go there. But they don't do that until they've stuck me in both elbows at least three times each time. Don't you love that? I'm missing it. Yeah. Yeah. And I try to explain them every time. Yeah, that one's not going to work. And you're like, okay, well, we're going to try it. I'm like, okay. I'm not strong enough to argue with you. <laughs> see? So, and this last time, when Chris got out of the military and we had to get our own insurance, blah, 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 be adults, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> I had to have, right? I had to have my blood drawn for, like, the overall health scan. You oh, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Um, and so I'm freaking out. Like, I have got myself all kinds of nervous and anxious. <laughs> so I go in and I tell the lady, listen, this is the only place. You know, I go through the whole spiel and she says, okay. And I just kind of looked at her. I know. I didn't know what to say. Will you come home with me? <laughs> and, <laughs> sure enough, she went in that one spot, in and out, got the three vials that she needed, easy peasy. And I told her at the end, I said, can I just, this may sound weird to you, but can I just tell you thank you? And she said, yeah, for what? And I said, because I've had so many bad experiences where I've tried to tell people what I told you, and they tell me, no, this is my job. No, I know what I'm doing. No, I'll figure it out. And she said, to anyone who ever tells you that again, you look them in their eye and you tell them, this is my body, I am the patient, and I know more about myself than you do. And I was like, okay, (laughs) I can do that. (laughs) This is my job. Well, this is my body. Yeah. And when she said it, it made perfect sense. I thought, okay, yeah, you may have drawn blood on hundreds of people, but you've never drawn blood on me, you know? And I I know me better than you know me. And if you don't listen to me, I'm going to draw blood on on you. you. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so there's that. (laughs) All righty. Digital etiquette is what we're talking about in this segment. Is there such a thing? New rules. New rules in this world. Uh, so, here we go. We're okay. gonna we're gonna go through this list. This comes from the New York Post. We're gonna go through this list. See if we agree. See if uh, the world's just changing and we're not changing along with it, or or uh, what. So let's just. Are find we out. officially becoming old? It might be. Okay. Know. So number one, punctuation can put you in the doghouse. At the end of a text message, it's very clear that the text message is finished. Explains. Uh, Okay, this is, I'm sorry, I skipped a portion here that talks about the person we're talking with. Uh, Who is it? Turk. Victoria Turk. A millennial, uh, (laughs) obviously. But she's (laughs) she's also also an author of a book about online etiquette and digital etiquette. Okay. So she says, at the end of the text message, it's very clear the text message is finished, explains Turk. Putting a period at the end just to finish the sentence, sentence is sort of redundant. Adding that extra effort makes it seem like you're doing it for emphasis, which can come off as angry. So putting periods now comes off as a, you actually saying, period. Like you're really (laughs) upset about what you're doing. I'm going to the grocery store. Do you need anything? Period. No, that'd be a question mark. (laughs) Shut up. You were saying, are you coming to the thing? No, I can't make it. Or, no, I can't make it. Period. That's a different tone, and apparently that's how people are starting to read punctuation when it comes to text messages and email. Can I tell you how I read punctuation? (laughs) I read, wow, this person failed English, or hey, this person is actually just like the rest of us and knows how to use their punctuation. 
<laughs> and so this is slipping over into tweets too, and this has been the case for a long time. People just stop using punctuation on tweets unless it's for a purpose in the joke or whatever okay, but, they're saying. So I can understand a tweet because yeah. that's considered a character and you're limited yeah. on characters right. in a tweet. So I can kind of understand that. Okay. But essentially a text is like writing a letter. No, not anymore. <laughs> I think it's dumb. I think it's dumb. So I have tried. I've tried to stop putting periods on like tweets. Text messages, I barely write legible words anyway, so it doesn't really matter about that. But if I'm writing something like serious in a text message, I write it like it's a letter. You know, yeah. I write it specifically with whatever. But if it's just uh, flipping back and forth, I don't put any punctuation. I hardly ever capitalize. You know, I just I'm just trying to say my part and be done with it. So I understand that. But with like tweets, I've tried not putting punctuation just to let it. You know. Go out there, be its own thing, do what you got to do in everybody's mind. And I read it myself like an hour later. I'm like, man, I really wish I put a period in that thing. Why can't we edit tweets yet? <laughs> but it, it's just, it upsets me. Yeah. It's upsetting to not see correct punctuation mm-hmm. in something that's like a written form. I know. <laughs> so, yes, that's one way that we're old. <laughs> Next line. Not starting out on a good... (laughs) (laughs) Next line. And this one I totally agree with. I think you will too. Reconsider replying all. If you find yourself copied on a mass email, look over the list of recipients before you hastily reply all. Does everyone on the chain need the information? If not, consider directing your response just to the sender. Turk warns against cherry-picking recipients to start uh, side conversations. You're potentially talking behind other people's backs. So... I mean, I totally get that with email. Yes, please do not reply to everybody that this person sent with your personal reply that nobody needs to read. But that, I feel like, has been a thing for a while. What I don't like is when it comes to text messages. Mm -hmm. Don't, number one, don't send a group text message unless it absolutely has to go to all these people immediately. Like, if you have to send a message to 20 people then sure, fine, send the group text message. I know you're not going to have time to do it 20 individual times. But if you have to send something to three people, send them individually. Yeah. Because I do not want to get stuck in a group conversation that I can't get out of. In Messenger, you can leave. Yeah. You can't leave a text message group conversation. You're stuck in it forever. Yeah. (laughs) Does Android have the option or Samsung, whatever, does it have the option to... Like, do not disturb to silence yeah, that group. Yeah, you can silence yeah. it. Okay. But then you're always the one who, like, oh, I forgot to unsilence that group. It's been five days. Oh, yeah. crap. They needed me to do something four days ago. I look ago. like an idiot now. Yeah. yeah. So, or a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> so I get that. That one's a good one, I think. Yeah. Do you reply all? Are you a reply aller? No, no. I am not a reply aller. Right. <laughs> all right. So, next one email is not an instant messenger. Thanks to smartphones, eager emailers have come to expect near instantaneous responses. But Turk points out that uh, that's not the way email is intended to be used. It's not supposed to be an immediate back and forth conversation tool. If you need a quick answer, use a different medium. I find myself acting that way. Like I know that that's the case, that it's not going to garner an immediate response when I send a long email. 
but I still find myself like, what's taking them so long? Why are they not <laughs> responding? Know? I also find myself using it like I text. Like I send a sentence, a reply, and mm-hmm. then I think, oh, I need to send something else. So I send a second sentence email. Yeah. And that just messes up the whole flow of the email structure on their side mm-hmm. and then on our side. So, yeah, I know that about myself. I struggle with that. (laughs) (laughs) I am Matt, a grateful believer in Jesus. (laughs) Uh, Next one, respect downtime. Uh, Your coworkers probably can't help but check their email after hours, which is why you shouldn't bother them. If you wouldn't expect someone to come into the office to do their job at that time, why are you expecting them to do it at home? Asks Turk. Uh, if you have an aha moment at midnight and want to get it all down, Turk recommends writing the email and then scheduling it to be sent in the morning, which Gmail and a lot of other popular... Or is there any other popular email besides Gmail these I days? I still use Yahoo. Oh, so. gosh. It is what What's it is. With you? Y'all can hate me 91? all day long. Is this 1991? You know, I wish that it was. <laughs> okay. I'd be four, six. Be using Alta Vista. I'd be six. <laughs> I wouldn't be using anything because I'd be six. <laughs> oh man, um, yeah. Like I know if I get an email on my phone, day or night, I'm checking it, and so that's often going to be the case. If someone checks uh, emails me with a work thing, I'm going to check it and then I'm going to respond to it because I'm going to feel obligated to because I've already read it. Mm-mm. And I'm afraid I'll forget about it if I don't. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Email is the worst form of communication for me. Yeah? I have over 500 emails in my inbox. And probably only 50 of them are anything of importance. Well, sure. Of importance, sure. Have you read them all? No. No? Because a lot of them are like coupons for this place or sales for this place and no no you can, you can unsubscribe to those you know. i've tried <laughs> they don't listen they really don't <laughs> they want a five-page essay on why i want to unsubscribe from them that is the worst if you have an unsubscribe link in your email it should be, you click that link, it takes you to a page that says, you are now unsubscribed. And that's it. You should not have to click more buttons. You should not have to give a reason yep. to unsubscribe. It should just be done. Agreed. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, all right, next one. Emojis and exclamation points are good in moderation. Exclamation points and emojis are useful even in work emails. They can help you get your tone across because that is super difficult uh, online. For instance, a cute smiley face can say, I'm not mad about this or this is a joke. But don't go overboard or you'll come across as silly. As with any medium, people are going to make assumptions about you based on your writing style. What do you think? So it is okay (laughs) for people to make assumptions about you. For using emojis. It is not okay for people to make assumptions about you for not using punctuation. Am I the only one who's like... (laughs) I don't think she's saying it's okay one way or another that people are making assumptions. She's just saying people are gonna make assumptions. Okay, but she's saying (laughs) don't make assumptions about people who aren't using punctuation because that's the way that the world is going. We're not using punctuation anymore. (laughs) 
<laughs> Listen, I took years of English classes in school. I've taken multiple tests on how to correctly use punctuation. I have never, ever been educated formally on how to use emojis. So if you're going to put one above the other, punctuation is more important, people. Always. Oh, man. It's so strange that we're moving back to pictographs, you know, with emojis. I just don't get it. Also, people who use excessive exclamation marks drive me crazy. What's excessive to you? Anything more than two. In a row? Yeah. Or like in a paragraph? No, in a row. Okay. I know Especially I'm when it's like, hey, what's up? How are you doing today? I'm fine. Exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation Whoa. So then you're reading into it. I'm fine. Exactly. Stop asking. Because that's how we have been formally taught to read exclamation marks. Right. Um. It's the truth. <laughs> Is it not? No, you're you're right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> and then you ask them what's wrong. Nothing's wrong. Why are you asking me what's wrong? Because you use twenty exclamation marks. That's why. <laughs> I just wanted to put emphasis on it. No, that's not what it means. <laughs> that's why I wrote in all caps as well. I wanted you to know I was excited. Um, <laughs> but I'm guilty of doing too many exclamation points in a, in a paragraph. In a paragraph. Like every sentence ends with an excitement. And that's hard not to do because, you know, it's usually like when writing church announcements where you're wanting people to feel excited when yeah. you're reading it. So you want them to read it with that excitement at the end of every sentence. Guess what's coming? Question mark, explanation point. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. I'm This Friday, join us. You know, all ending with exclamation points. I'm yeah. the same way. But it's because that's honestly, Matt, that's how we talk. I yeah. mean, if you're listening to us right now, <laughs> we're excited about things. Everything that we say really does end in an exclamation mark. But, you know, we have a resident uh, English teacher in our church here that every now and then is like, no, you could use periods more. You know <laughs> like, I know, I'm sorry. You know what, Ethel? Get with the times. Uh, no one uses marks periods. marks is where it is. Exclamation marks are fine. Let's <laughs> start putting emojis in the bulletin. But only one, not 20. That's not what this says. No, wait, yeah, it does. Exclamation points are good in moderation. You're in right. moderation. All right. Last one, or not last one. We got two more, sorry. No, we got three more. Here we go. Next one. But this is the one we've been hinting at. Never, ever leave a voicemail. There's absolutely no purpose for voicemails in the modern age, says Turk. You have no idea what to expect from them. They could go on for minutes. You might have to reach for a pen to jot some information down. It's super inefficient and inconvenient. If you call someone and they don't pick up, Consider dropping an email or a text instead with what you wanted to leave. I'm 100% against this. Really? No, I'm yep. 100% for nope. it. Nope. So why? Why are you against it? What did we use, Matt, at the end of Chris's birthday video? Oh. Yeah. I mean, but that's still, that's a cool thing and I get what you're saying. That's still like a random occurrence. I mean, it's not a... What's a random occurrence? That like people die? No. <laughs> that 
<laughs> that you would have a need for it and have that available. So, okay, for anybody who doesn't know. <laughs> yeah, explain this. Now they're really confused. People yeah. die. What? We're what? talking about voicemails. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> so, Chris's mom passed away three years, years ago. Three years ago. Yeah. Um, it'll be four years this October. But for a while, he had kept a voicemail in his phone from his mom. You know, whenever he was having a down day or was just really missing her, he'd go and listen to that voicemail. Mm-hmm. Totally normal. Um, I still have videos. I Like, Chris had to buy me a whole VHS last year so that I could go back and watch, or a VCR, sorry, so that I could go back and watch an old VHS of my grandfather because I was really missing his voice, yeah. you know. Um, so Chris did an update on his phone one day, and it completely wiped those voicemails that he had of his mom. And so for his birthday this past year, I did, well, Matt did. Um, I had this <laughs> <Right>. idea where... <laughs> you did a lot of work, too. You a, had to gather all those things. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people over Chris's lifetime, I would say, what, maybe 40 people? At least, yeah. Sent in just a quick little video saying, happy birthday, Chris. We love you. Blah, blah, blah. Some of them were not so quick. Yeah. Some of them were not so quick. But the idea was that it would be quick. And Matt compiled them all together, put them in a slideshow, had music in the background. And at the very end, I had asked my brother-in-law if he had any voicemails from their mom left over. And he did. And so Matt took two voicemails, spliced them together, and it ended up saying at the very end of Chris's birthday message, happy birthday, honey, I love you and miss you, mom. And that, like, it made up for the the voicemails that he had lost. It, on his birthday, you know, the one day that you really begin to miss a parent that, that has passed on, that meant the world to him. Yeah. And had this whole don't leave voicemails thing really been a thing they wouldn't have that you yeah. know chris's brother and sister and and himself wouldn't have that little piece of their mom to go back and listen to when when things are hard or when sure. they're having a bad day and and so yeah i i totally get that and and i don't think the two things are, are mutually exclusive because uh, that that is a, a family member thing. You yeah, know, fam, family is a little bit different. This is more talking about you like know, a business side. social. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I get that. Um, I'm sure rules with family are different because you're not expecting to have to jot down things, and you kind of know what you're going to expect from a phone call from a family member most of the time. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but like this one, it's like if 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 I'm calling, you know, or like Megan. Megan, uh, here at the church, yeah. she'll call me to need to talk to me about a receipt or something that she can't find that I you know, use for CR. If I don't pick up, she doesn't leave a voicemail saying, hey, I need to know this receipt with this blah, 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 blah. She sends me a follow-up text saying, hey, I was calling because I was looking for this receipt, wanted to know to have it, and puts down all the information. It's a Walmart yeah. receipt from this date with this amount. Right. Do you have this receipt? Okay. And, you know, that that right there makes much more sense to me than trying to leave it in a voicemail. Sure. Because with a voicemail, then I would, again, have to listen to it, first of all, not expecting to write anything down. Listen to it again with a pad and paper to write everything down. Hopefully I got all the information the first time. Yeah. If not, listen to it again. Yeah. Originally, the fix for that was you leave all that information twice. You leave it at the beginning of yeah. your, your voicemail. Mm-hmm. 
and then you leave it again at the end. Yeah. But uh, that just makes it even longer. But see, that kills me because that's <laughs> like that. I can remember having that kind of etiquette taught to me. Mm-hmm. You know, you leave a message for someone. You you're calling about a question on a bill. Hi, my name is Megan Oaks. This is my account number. I'm calling because of this. This is my phone number. Again, my name is Megan Oaks, and you can yeah. reach me at, you know. Right. I can remember being taught that. Mm-hmm. My daughter calls me from school the other day to find out if I'm going to bring her lunch, and she, I answer the phone, hello, and she says, hey. <laughs> hello. <laughs> hey. Are you going to bring me lunch? And I was like, oh, this is my kid. <laughs> and I realized in that moment, those are that's the etiquette that we're not being taught yeah. anymore. You know, we're not learning because talking on the phone isn't as big as it used to be. <laughs> yeah. So I had to have that whole conversation with her. And so I think, yes, maybe as times are changing, uh, I feel so old right now. <laughs> um. <laughs> I okay. <laughs> she can't even right now, everybody. She can't. I even. literally can't. <laughs> I I can I can understand from a business aspect, a business standpoint, voicemails are a little redundant and a little irritating. From a personal standpoint, <laughs> leave the voicemail. <laughs> Just saying. All right, this next one in in uh, line with uh, phone calls, like you were talking about. Is schedule all your calls, and it says here specifically, even with your friends. Uh, It says, forget the surprise phone call, Turk says. In this day and age, it's downright rude. When you receive a phone call that you're not expecting, it throws off your guard, she says. It's almost intrusive. Instead, embrace a simple two-step process of shooting off a quick check-in text before you dial. Hey, can I give you a call real quick? Kind of thing. What do you think about that? Again, my head is hurting. But you know what? And and this was my reaction too. Of this sounds silly, but the more I've been thinking about it, and the more how I think like my mom, I love her to death, but she calls me every time she calls, like three times a day, and it's always at the worst three times of the day to call. If she could just say, send me a text and say, hey, give me a call when you get a chance, or is now a good time to call and then she'd wait for my reply before she did I would sound much less irritated on the phone whenever I pick it up you know what I mean sure and the same thing I think would go with with work I get so many calls all the time we just need to go back to having house phones (laughs) before caller ID I'm just saying wait you just want blanket anonymity yep you don't want to know anything that's happening yep and here's why because, like, you think back to... Because uh, people keep blocking my number, and I don't like... No, I'm kidding. Sorry. Why doesn't anybody want to talk to me? Um, I think back to, I guess, the early 90s, the late 80s, when the telephone would ring. If you didn't want to answer it, fine. You didn't answer it. No big deal. But when you answered it, not knowing who was on the other end, not knowing why they were calling, it was always a matter of, hello? It wasn't a, hello? You know, right. there's there's a difference. And communicating. You're excited to get a phone call. Communicate. Ooh, exactly. Communicating with someone was a joy. Yeah. You didn't know how long you were going to be on the phone with them. It could be 
five seconds. It could be an hour. You didn't know. And there was nothing wrong with saying, hey, I'm in the middle of something. Can I give you a call back? You didn't feel frustrated. You didn't feel pressure. You didn't feel anxiety whenever that phone rang. I'm as guilty of it as everybody. I rarely answer my phone because I know who's on the other end. And I see it and I'm like, especially with my grandmother, it's the worst with my grandmother. And I hate it about myself. I'll be honest. (laughs) But when I see that she's calling, I'm like, oh, dear God, what's going on? What's happening? I sit there and I look at the fact that she's calling and I don't answer. You have a panic attack. Because I'm freaking out. (laughs) Why is she calling me right now? What's happening? And then I spend a day not listening to the voicemail because I'm afraid of what's on the voicemail. And then when I finally listened to the voicemail, I'm like, seriously, you should have just answered it. She just wanted to say hi. And now you look like a jerk because you didn't answer it and you've waited 24 hours. Are you really going to call her back now? (laughs) So it's a whole, like. And what do you say at that point? Hey, sorry, my phone was in the toilet. I didn't know. (laughs) Hey, sorry, I was having a panic attack because you were calling and I didn't want to talk to you because I was worried of what you were going to say. Really? So let's just go back to when things were simpler, when things were easier, and there was less pressure. I don't know. If we tried to do that now, we'd all just have panic attacks every time the phone rang. (laughs) What's that sound? What's happening? Oh, gosh. Turn it off. It's the end of the world. (laughs) They just rip it out of the wall. (laughs) Yeah, you're probably right. Especially if we cut out voicemail, too, or or answering machines, and it would... You'd always have that one person that would just keep ringing, you know, 13, 30, 45 rings later. They're still sitting there plugging on. And they're like, they know I'm in here. They're watching me. <laughs> the call is coming from inside the house. Um, oh, man. Yeah. All right. Last one on the list. Digital etiquette. Don't read and ignore. Turk says there's an, no obligation to turn on your read receipts. The optional notification to the person you're texting with that says if you've opened their message. But if you decide to use them, it's bad manners to leave people hanging. Respond immediately, even if it's just a thumbs up emoji to show that you've read the message. uh, And reply properly later on. Like, I got it. You know, at least that. Because just seeing red isn't enough. Because there's an implication when you leave someone on red that they're upset for some reason. Like, if you've read it, respond to it. You're right there. Why don't you say something? Give me something. Give me a thumbs up. What did I do? And then that person freaks out for who knows how long until you finally reply. So, and this happened with you (laughs) yesterday. Great. (laughs) Yesterday I sent you what I would uh, uh, deem as a risky joke. Not risque, but just a joke that could go either way with whether you found it funny or not. And as soon as I sent it, it said you read it. And then you didn't reply about it for a long time. I'm like, oh gosh, shouldn't have said that. Okay, by a that long time, like a it was five minutes. Sure, but that was too long Okay, for me. So here's the other side of it, right? Because I knew, I knew exactly. Because we had been having a conversation back and forth. We had been talking. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of it, in the middle of the conversation, I realized I needed to get started on dinner. <laughs> so I had sat the phone down without closing it. Right. And so it's showing that you read it. Exactly. So it's still up, and five minutes go by. I get everything on the stove and ready, and I'm like, oh, dang. He saw that I saw that, and he's probably thinking, I've gone too far. I've taken this joke too far. 
too far. Yeah. So I immediately knew, because I would have done the same thing. I appreciate it. I immediately knew and then responded. But at the same time, I was like, well, it was it was a fair mistake. I realized <laughs> I was far behind on getting dinner done. I needed sure. to do that. Yeah. And I'm not saying that was your fault at all. Right. But I'm just saying that's exactly how people will freak out. If you see red and then sure. you don't reply. Yeah. So, yeah, as soon as you put the little laughing face on that tweet, I'm like, oh, goodness gracious, thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we yep. were having such a fun conversation. And then it just stopped right after I said that joke. Oh, no. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so, for me personally, I have kept the red in my uh, text messages. Yeah. I have purposely gone back and clicked on the whole allow the text messenger to see that I have so read. you have it on? Yes. Okay. For me, for my accountability, because I am bad about not responding. Mm. And I know that if it's like an added pressure, gotcha. they've read it. They've, or they, they know that you have read it. They have that affirmation. So the longer you take you reply, need to respond. You more, need more to like say something. Yeah. And I had a dear friend who, well, she's, she was on the podcast a couple times, Jesse, oh. who is like, She's the most honest but kind person in the entire world. And she straight up told me a couple weeks ago, yeah, I don't take offense anymore when you don't respond to my text messages. That's kind of your thing. (laughs) And I was like, ouch. Like, man. Come to accept it as who you are. That hurts. So, yeah, (laughs) I purposely put that option. I've clicked that option that my... Friends can see that I have read their messages. Well, our other friends, Hillary and John Berkey, are both notorious for never replying to messages that are important. They will reply to the stupid messages immediately. But if it's something important that you need an answer for, four days will go by. Listen, (laughs) a couple summers ago, Hillary was our nanny and she kept our kids. And that was a conversation that I had to have with Hillary when I text you, I need you to respond to me. Even if you just give me a thumbs up, I need to know that you saw it. Yeah. For my sanity, my well-being, I am trusting you with my children. I need to know. Uh, and she's like, okay, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> and with her, it's just like kind of laziness, I think. With John, it's that he doesn't check any of his notifications. Every time I look at his phone up in the corner, it's always like, the full bar of notifications then like the little plus 27 yeah or whatever i'm like dude how do you live life like this (laughs) it would drive me insane yeah i have to clear every single notification that i have anytime it's there yeah because otherwise i feel like the world's gonna crumble the only thing (laughs) i don't clear is my email yeah that's it but yeah i'm i'm with you i can't have like an open oh gosh yeah Yeah. it drives me crazy Mm mm-hmm all right. Well, that was fun. That I've learned that I'm an old person. <laughs> and we agreed with some of them. And others we're going to have to learn to live with because they aren't going anywhere. Why? Why do I have to learn to live with them? Because <laughs> that's what we do in this world. We adapt and we overcome. <laughs> but see, no, that's adapting, not overcoming. I feel like overcoming would be putting Fighting periods back, back in. <laughs> Do whatever I want. Exactly. That's overcoming. I will overcome (laughs) your stupidness. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right. We're going to end that there. Uh...
Gosh, we're way over on time already. <laughs> I thought that was our last segment. We're only in the second hour. Yep, sorry. Coming up next, your time really is where your treasure is. We'll be back at the top of the hour with more of the Morning Side Hug right here on Back Row Radio. Back to the morning side hug, a back row morning show here on backrowradio.com. So it's been a long episode already, we've noticed. We went over really long in the first and second segments. So during this third segment, we're going to try keep it shorter. I honestly thought that that last segment we were recording was our last hour. So I'm like, ah, yeah, whatever. Well, nope. Here we are. So you won't be hearing much from me this hour. So No discussion. <laughs> no, um, so this probably won't take that much, uh, that long uh, to discuss because it is something that um, I feel like has been addressed a lot. But this had a few stats in it that I found interesting. So this article comes from uh, Re- uh, Relevant Magazine uh, author Cassie Appleton. It's called uh, Why Your Time Really Is Where Your Treasure Is. And it's essentially about spending time with God. Um, Let me read what she says here. She says, how has your time with the Lord been this week? How would you answer this question? There are times when I feel prepared to answer this question and other times when I'm ashamed. I know I should have, but time just got away from me this week. One of the most common responses to this question that any of us have heard and probably used ourselves is some variation of I want to. But I just don't have the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so she she sat down with a bunch of people, actually, a lot, talked to a lot of people. And that just came to the common denominator is that most people say we're too busy. Too busy to have quiet time. Too busy to sit down. So here are those stats. She says the average American spends 705 hours per year on social media. 705 hours a year looking at your phone on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. And so many, so many voices are still just trying to justify our attempts to fit God into our schedule. uh, Reminding us that even five better, five minutes is better than nothing. But if we're spending 705 hours, which is roughly what about two hours a day, on social media in mm-hmm. a year, you can't find more than five minutes. Right. Some people can't even find those five minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if that doesn't hit home, look at this. The average American spends 2,737.5 hours a year watching television. Nearly 3,000 hours a year. And that's the average. And so 3,000 hours, that's about, what, eight, nine hours a day for the average American? Isn't that right? That math is not my 3, thing. 3,000 divided by 365, so roughly eight, eight to nine hours. That's all the binge watching. Right. <laughs> so that's nearly 3,000 hours per year we spend in front of our TVs. And for some reason, finding the time for... A quiet time, which most quiet times 
typically aren't very long, then they don't really need to be. Mm-hmm. I think an ideal time allotment would be about 15, 20 minutes. That would give you a good enough time to, to you know, write down your prayer list and pray for certain people and certain things. It will give you time to, to read a, a chapter of the Bible and, and contemplate on it. Mm-hmm. And time for like a, you know, play a worship song and just kind of sit and be in the presence of God. You know, 15, 20 minutes. All that should take. And yet we still feel like we're struggling so much to find that. Every one of us has the same 24 hours. And so it comes down to what we are prioritizing with that 24 And so this article says that I want to boldly suggest that the underlying reason we struggle in our time with Jesus is not a matter of time. It's a matter of posture. So she says, imagine sitting down to have coffee or a meal with your best friend. You have so much to catch up on, but here's the problem. You only have time for a five minute conversation. You might take it, but you wonder if it's even worth it. It'll be different next time, right? Imagine that same thing happens every time you see your best friend. She says, I know that I would be so disappointed. They're supposed to be my best friend after all. Mm -hmm. So while those five minutes might be better than nothing, they will only be enough at best to maintain your relationship. It will be nearly impossible to achieve depth, to go beyond discussing how your day is going. If someone were to look objectively at how I spend my day, they would have no idea that this person was my best friend based on the five minutes I devoted to that relationship. They wouldn't have any grounds to assume that this relationship was significant to me. And maybe that relationship is important to me only in reality, but it's reflected in my time the opposite. So... Then she asks, imagine with me that you are given the choice between a five-minute conversation and unlimited time with this friend. Mm. You know, what would you choose? For most of us, that's not even a question. A friend of mine said it best. Why would we want just five minutes? So in one sense, she says, I wholeheartedly agree with those who argue that any time with the Lord is better than no time. Psalm 84 proclaims better is one day in in the Lord's courts than a thousand elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And I affirm that any amount of time spent with Jesus is life-giving and significant. But that being said, my goal in writing this piece is not to challenge the importance of spending time with God. Rather, it is to challenge the heart with which we approach him. Are we giving him the leftovers of our time in order to check a box off a list, or are we motivated by something deeper? The way in which our time is spent reflects our true values. So there's a little bit more in that. Mm-hmm. There's a whole article, actually, a whole lot more, where she dives into uh, different reasonings behind this. Um, but then she also has a list of tools uh, that we'll go through. But before we get into that, do you have any thoughts you want to add? No, I'm... it's on point. <laughs> no, keeping it short, remember? I'm not yep, talking. I'm not talking. <laughs> I agree with all that was said. I do, yeah, and, and, and it hurts me. Because I know oh, I'm yeah. the exact same way. Yeah. I, 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 I am busy. I am legitimately busy a lot. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I also do waste a lot of time yeah. watching TV and goofing around on social media. Mm-hmm. And sure, I am quote unquote working, 
on social media is Backdoor Radio, and I am, quote unquote, usually working while I'm watching TV in the corner of my screen. Yeah. You know, I do that split screen thing, put Disney Plus over here in the one quarter of it and use the other three quarters for work. But still, I could get 20 minutes. Yeah. I could find 15 minutes every single day Mm -hmm. with no problem. And most of the time I don't. I really, I go through seasons where I do really good and do it every day. And then I go through seasons where I check and it's been, oh, look, my daily devotional hasn't moved in three months. That's where my little bookmark is. I'm still back in uh, November. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I think, and we talked about it in the last hour with voicemails, and I talked about how I approach when my grandmother calls. And, yeah. You know, all that anxiety and that just the overwhelming emotion that I feel. And I think, if I'm being honest, I think that's how a lot of believers feel when it comes to their quiet time with the Lord. It's, oh, I need to do this. Mm-hmm. I need to do this. And then it's like, okay, but do I have the time? And am I shortchanging God if I only give him 15 minutes when I know I'm giving everything else 30 mm-hmm. minutes or 45 minutes? And But I haven't even read my devotion since November and it's January. Is there even a reason to pick it up now? Like it it becomes that snowball of anxiety and guilt and to the point where we just want to turn our back and be like, forget it. I don't want to deal with it. I'm done. I'm just walking away. God will love me anyway, right? And I think that that's really (laughs) what it boils down to is it's just that we never feel like we're giving him enough. But instead of starting somewhere, we just turn our back and kind of turn a blind eye to it, if you will. Yeah. And I think building on uh, your setup there with, you know, the anxiety that you feel when your grandmother calls, uh, like we talked about last hour, I feel like we can also get that way with God in that not only do we get anxious about, you know, overthinking, just spending time with him at all. But that if maybe we've been doing poorly, maybe yeah. we had a bad day yesterday and we reacted to things badly. And it's almost like, you know, not wanting to go tell your mom that you broke a vase. Yeah. You know, you know it's, 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 it's like you feel guilty. You feel anxiety for how you are and you don't want to feel that anymore. Yeah. Uh, and you know that if you go and pray, you're going to have to sit there and apologize to God mm-hmm. directly and think about the people that you offended or hurt or anything like that. And you'll have to do a real inventory of yourself, which, of course, is self-defeating in that the longer we put that off, the bigger that list is going to be. Right. Which is what we learn in CR. You know, if you if you deal with all the, if you, you know, make amends pretty much constantly, anytime you do something wrong and you've realized it and you make amends right away, then your, you know, amends list at the end of the night is going to be pretty short. Right. Most of the time. If yeah. non-existent. Um but yeah, I mean, I can I can understand that anxiety keeping you away from it in that fashion as well. Um, so she has a few tools here. She wrote um, in this article, she says, I'm sharing a few tools that have allowed me to begin working through uh, the practicalities of this concept. And I'm sharing them in hopes that they will prove instrumental to your own processing and growth. So number one, she says, keep a time log of how you spend your day. Evaluate once you are finished. What did you spend the most time thinking about? How often did you pick up your phone? What did you default to when you were bored? What category of activity consumed the majority of your time? If you found this exercise helpful, repeat over multiple days to begin seeing patterns. So this is journaling, right. you know, for this. And 
you know, like you said in your little example with, is it okay if I only give him 15 minutes when I'm giving so much more time to all these other things? I think a lot of us get that in our head. And even when we're, when we're like first becoming Christians, we get that in our head too of, you know, well, he's God. We should be giving him like at least 51% of our day. Right. You know, and that's not, it's not practical unless you're a monk. Yeah. You know? <laughs> a monk, maybe a priest, who knows? But <laughs> I mean, not even, not even pastors give God 51% of their day. Yeah. <laughs> they might give ministry 51% of their day, but that's different. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's still work, you know, it's still effort somewhere else. Not necessarily focused on your personal relationship, right? Uh, and growing with God, uh, I feel like a a short but significant amount of time in the morning is is ideal, as opposed to, and of course, keeping mindful throughout the day. You know, you don't you don't want to be like, okay, had my God moment, now I'm not going to think about him the rest of the day, and I'm going to do whatever I want. Right. Of course, that's supposed to that's supposed to influence you for the rest of your day. And so in that way, you are taking that time with God and spreading it out throughout how you're supposed to react to everybody else. And I do find that I tend to be better, <laughs> a better person when I start my day regularly with going to the Father because it puts me in a better frame of mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, the, it, it doesn't require you to be spend hours and hours every day uh, in front of God uh, reading your Bible and, and learning. Um Again, unless that's your job. But, <laughs> but uh, it is important to have some time, like mm-hmm. a significant time. Uh, ask the next thing. Ask the Lord to reveal to you who or what you are treasuring more highly than him. Examples could include work, money, sleep, personal recognition, relationships, or control. Ask him for yourself and be intentional about creating space to listen for what he will show you. Mm-hmm. That's a terrifying thing to do. One of those the, the whole things of God, show me where I'm doing wrong. That's a terrifying question. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but a good one. Uh, number three, based on your time log and time spent seeking the Lord, what are practical changes you can implement into your schedule that will enable you to shift your time in a way that reflects your values or what you want to value? Examples could include fasting from social media or TV. Replace that time you use to spend on your phone with a good book, prayer, or even the Bible app. Uh, You can use an alarm clock to wake up and keep your phone turned off until after you've spent time with the Lord. What is this alarm clock? (laughs) We actually, so in kind of this vein, not necessarily for, for quiet time, but in kind of this vein of putting the phone down uh, for... For Christmas, I had asked, you know, for our family, for the Vaster family, they they moved to this year of we're drawing names out of the hat, mm-hmm. and one person's going to give one gift. We have a $50 limit, one person, one gift kind of thing, and that way we don't have to spend thousands of dollars yeah. like we do every year. And so they said, you got to give us a list, a good list about things that you would like. And so one of the things that I put on there is that uh, Amazon has come out with the Echo Dot mm-hmm. that just has a clock on it, yeah. a digital clock on the side. I'm like, we have an Echo Dot in our room, but I'm like, I miss having a digital clock. Yeah. And so I asked for that. And my guy, who had me, didn't read that thoroughly and then just bought me another normal Echo Dot, which I already had, and then 
asked Daedra about it when he noticed, oh, crap, this says with clock. And she said, oh, yeah, because we already have one of those. He really wanted the clock, so he felt bad. So he ordered, like, this attachment thing, this other side gadget that you can get where you can set your Echo Dot in, and it plugs into it that way, and it'll give you a digital clock. So now it looks like this weird square cube, but it works. It gets the job done. Yeah. Um, not exactly what I asked for, but it does what I wanted it to do. So now we have a clock, a bedside clock, which we have not had yeah. in almost a decade. Yeah. And the reason why I really wanted it was not because, oh, look, they added a new you know, bobble to the, the Echo Dot. It's because I've realized that when I wake up in the middle of the night to, to pee or whatever, which happens at least once, if not twice, every day, I want to check what time it is. Yep. And I do that by looking at my phone. Mm-hmm. And even if it's just like the screen clock, you know, that shows the displays on the front uh, without actually opening it, it'll show me notifications. Yeah. And like I said earlier, if I see an email notification there, even if it's the middle of the night and there usually is one, I'm going to open it. And so sometimes I find myself in the middle of the night, two in the morning, Having looked at my phone now for 30 minutes, because I get down this rabbit trail like everybody does with their phones, and I've lost 30 minutes of sleep that, yeah. for everything that could have waited until the morning. Yeah. But I know I'm neurotic like that, and I can't help it, so I really wanted this clock. So I totally get <laughs> going back to alarm clocks to keep your phone off. Oh, going back to alarm <laughs> clocks makes sense, but going back to the household phone. But using a period? No. <laughs> can't do that (laughs) don't want to end our sentences might seem rude (laughs) but i do like that i do like that idea um yeah because it's intentional about removing distractions um next on the list wake up earlier and be disciplined to going to bed on time the lifestyle we want uh want to have won't just happen discipline is a small choice Discipline in the small choices is key, and that often means saying no to certain things so that we can say yes to better things. And that's just good advice in all areas of your life. Uh, Devote driving or walking time to prayer. It is often the everyday practices that form us the most. All All of life can be spent with God. Now, that's one thing I have done a lot in the last few years is that when I'm driving, uh, pretty much since we moved to our new house, because mm-hmm. up until then, every house that we've lived in here has been like a couple blocks from the church. Yeah. So it's like nothing. There's no drive. But now we live halfway across town from it. And so my drive is now between five and ten minutes. And, well, maybe not ten. Five and seven minutes. And I usually use that time to go over, okay, what do I need to pray for today? What do I need to pray about? Uh, and that's how I get that in because I know I'm going to forget about it as soon as I get to work. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. You just gave our listeners a really good idea of how small Clovis is. Really small, yeah. <laughs> takes... My house is halfway across town. It takes me between five and seven minutes to get to the church. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it only takes about ten driving. minutes to get. <laughs> that's that's no uh, roundabout overpass or anything. Going right. That's just, yeah. So praying in the car is something that I – Always do. Yeah. Always. I'm constantly in prayer in the car. But since ever since the boys, well, since Topher started going to school, on the way to school, that's what we do. Mm. 
And it used to be, you know, of course, when they were little, I was the one praying on the way to school and we would pray for their day, pray for their schools, pray for their teachers and their classmates, whatever. And now they each take turns every morning praying for the day. And so it, for me, one, I feel like it, it's setting them up to have a good prayer life to start their day. Because let's be fair, in the 30 minutes that it takes from them getting up, getting showers, getting breakfast, and getting dressed and out the door, nobody's in a good enough mood <laughs> to communicate with anyone at that point. Especially the creator of all. Right? So we really purpose that 10 minutes that it takes to get each one of them to their their schools to pray for that day and the things that are going to happen. Yeah. Um, and I think... That's, I hope, I, I pray that that's something that they'll continue throughout their adult life and that when they have children, they'll do the same thing as well. To just And that also opens up lines of communication with me and them and them and their siblings as the things that they're struggling with, the things that are on their heart for that day. You know, either they're having a test or they're having to deal with someone in their, in their classroom or, you know, whatever. And then, okay, Topher has heard that Cannon is struggling with this person. Topher then can pray throughout the day for his brother. Every time his brother crosses his mind, oh, I need to say a prayer for, for yeah. Canon, you know? So I think, yeah, just using that time in the car to really purpose the day towards prayer is something, it's so yeah. simple and so easy and quick, but it can make such a difference. Absolutely. Um, so there is more to this article. It's called Why Your Time Really Is Where Your Treasure uh, is the top as it is yeah, yeah why your, your time, time really, really is, is where your treasure is uh relevantmagazine.com cassie appleton uh came out last week uh there is a lot more to this article because like i said we were trying to skim it to save time mm-hmm. there's a lot more to it get it read it she also has a couple book recommendations and things uh so try that out uh but before we close out this hour i did do a poll because uh, based on those stats that we read at the beginning there about how much time we spend on on TV, I wanted to see from our listeners what was the longest TV show binge you went on in 2019. And so I gave them four choices. I'm gonna have you guess which one was the top choice. Okay. So the four choices were a couple hours at most, four to five hours, a full workday, eight hours, or twelve hours or more. Okay. So what do you think? Now, I'm going to give you a, a hint here. The top two answers are separated by less than 1% okay. in votes. Truly, and I ain't even ashamed to say I'm speaking from experience, <laughs> I think that number one is a full workday, eight hours, followed by the 12 hours. Uh, full workday was number two, but again, just by like 0.8%. Yeah. Number one was actually four to five hours. Really? That was the longest. And that's the longest I've gone. Y'all lying. <laughs> uh, 12 hours or more came in in the last place with wow. 16.3%. See, everybody's just, a, a, they're, afraid they're afraid to say, <laughs> like, they're afraid to really be honest about it. But I didn't say TV show. I didn't say movie binge. It might be Okay, that's true. Yeah. Sometimes people will do that with Avengers or whatever. Shoot. I feel like it's the thing. And we didn't do it this year, but typically every year over Christmas break, we pick a series. Oh, a movie right, right, right. Series yeah, to watch. Yeah. Y'all didn't do one this year? No. Well, anyway. A couple just... hours at most. Got 19.5%. 
Yeah, 32.5% said that they binge watched uh, between four and five hours hmm. at the most. But thirty, nearly 32% said they would do a full work day. I that think, is so much TV. I think they're fibbing. <laughs> I really do. 12 hours or more. Um, there was something happening. I think it was Star Wars. I think it was leading up to the first new one in this last trilogy. Okay. Um, whatever it was called. I don't even remember what it was called now. Anyway, The Force Awakens. The Force Awakens. Leading up to The Force Awakens, our theater was doing like a, a marathon day. Yep. That night. So you could watch the three prequels and the three originals, and then it would lead right into the, the new one. And I really contemplated doing that. But then I'm thinking, man... That's so much time. My butt would hurt so bad being in those seats for that long. And that's I'd before to, they did the upgrade to the theater. Right. I'd have to pee all the time. Right. You know, it's like it's like when you go, it's like when you went to like lock-ins overnight. You just remember how gross your spots became as you started getting grosser and grosser overnight. Like you just sprawl out. You got snacks all over. You had a blanket or whatever you brought with you that just stinks now because you've been sweating in it all night. That's what I'm imagining the end of that would be. Just a bunch of gross, sweaty, stinky, food-covered teenagers <laughs> by the end of the I bet you they made a run. killing, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I bet I bet so many people did it. But that would make it even worse. Like if it was sold out, so you're packed like sardines into that thing for... Nine, no, wait, seven movies? Yeah. No, no, thank you. I hope that they, like, saved... Had they been smart about it and done it correctly, they could have done it in every theater. We have, what, seven theaters in our movie? In our... Seven... It's called a theater, isn't it? <laughs> Each room is called a theater, isn't it? seven theaters in our cinema. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. So they could have done... The showing in each theater, yeah. and then just left like mm, twenty to thirty seats open in each theater, so that people could actually space out, out and not be not have to be next to strangers. Yeah. Did I tell you I went to a movie in Lubbock a few months ago, where it's a theater where like when you buy your ticket, you have to pick where your seat's yeah. going to be there, and I'm going in the middle of a Tuesday. You know, or something like that. Sometime where not many people are going to come. Yeah. I pick an in seat on like the third row and the whole theater filled up with maybe 20 people out of the 100 seats that are in there. And I had this couple. Right next to you? Pick the seats right next to me. I literally said out loud, and I'm not normally this rude. I literally said out loud, you really just pick the seats right next to somebody else? And she's just, they were kind of older and like, oh, I don't know. I just picked whatever was open. So I moved. <laughs> I was so, that was a social etiquette moment that I was just like, this is not, you, you don't deserve to be in the theater. Right I agree. <laughs> go home. I agree. You know, our theater does that now as well, where you reserve you your seat. You can pick your seats? Mm-hmm. Oh, I haven't been to our theater in a long time. Yep. Though. Wow. Yep. They, yeah. You can either do it online. You can buy your tickets online now. Yeah. Um, you can do it. They have two little kiosks sitting up. Really? Uh-huh. Okay. Or you go up, which this really annoys me, but whatever. 
You buy your tickets and your snacks and everything all at one time at the same counter, same cashier. Oh, I don't like that. Either. Yeah, I don't like it at all either, That's but it is what it is. All. I agree. Are they just encouraging you to use the kiosks? Is that what it is? Possibly, or doing online. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, hey, we're running way over, so. Again. Coming up next, we're going to share something we Again. love. We'll be back <laughs> in just a few with more of the Morning Side Hug right here on Back Row Radio. to the morning side hug as our show is coming to a close for the day for the day we're tired it's been a long show we've been talking way too much (laughs) but first i want to share with you something i love i love snow matt hey and we had some we did get some finally it was crazy i feel like the day before i was driving with my window down right (laughs) I know. Leading up to it, it was nice, and it kind of felt almost like spring, like mm-hmm. early spring, you mm-hmm. know, ready to hear the birds chirping and see flowers blooming, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, even that morning, it was nice. Yeah. Like, they, had, my app the day before had predicted that we might get some snow, and then yeah. that morning, the app was like, nah, yeah. it'll be slightly cloudy, you're not even going to get any rain, nothing. I know. I even asked Alexa, Alexa, are we going to get snow today? No, you're probably not going to have snow. Also, as it was actively snowing, I asked Alexa, are we going to get snow? And she said no. So <laughs> I'm not really trusting Open your eyes, anymore. Alexa. <laughs> right? Oh, wait. <laughs> but I do. And we got snow early on this year in October. And we had some for Thanksgiving, too. And we had some. Yeah, but we weren't here for Thanksgiving. Oh, right. Yeah. And then I just kept kind of thinking. Yeah, that was our big one before Halloween. Yeah. yeah. I kept thinking, yes, we're going to have a really good winter with a lot of snow and it's actually going to feel like winter and nothing. And nothing. Yeah. We got yeah. a little bit on Thanksgiving and then that was it. Yep. But we got snow on Friday night of this past week and it was a heavy, like it didn't stick a whole lot. This the ground was covered. It coated everything this morning. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, but the the flakes as they were coming down were just huge and so pretty and <laughs> I'm just one of those weird people that likes to look out the window and go it's snowing. Yeah, when you live in a climate that doesn't uh, lend itself to snow all that often, it is very exciting. Yeah, I do enjoy snow. I don't really enjoy being cold. Yeah, I'm fine with it being cold as long as it's not windy. I can handle it being cold even... I typically go out without a jacket when it's cold. Yeah. But if it's like windy cold... Yeah. And it's like cutting through you like a knife, then I just want to die. I hate yeah. it. I hate it absolutely. I can... I agree with that 100%. All right. Let's close out our show with a Bible verse for the day. Psalm 9-1. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. Thank you for joining us. There is a Back Row Morning Show every weekday at 7 a.m. Eastern, 4 a.m. Pacific, with an encore at 10 a.m. Eastern and 7 Pacific. Mo and I bring you the morning side hug most of the week, and Bubba and Anna bring you church nerds every Friday. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Back Row Radio, and join our laughter-inducing Facebook community, Back Row Baptist Church, by going to backrowbaptist.com. If you love what we do here at Back Row Radio, please consider partnering with us at backrowradio.com slash 
partner. There are several tiers with different results, uh, rewards and incentives, but even just committing to donating $1 a month will get you our private Facebook group, The Scoop, and get you our private podcast feed where you'll get every full episode of The Morning Side Hug and you'll get a full episode of Church Nerds a day early. Of course, we also offer the Back Row Free podcast where you'll get a weekly podcast on Thursdays from The Morning Side Hug with selected clips from all four of our shows that week. You'll get critical hit You'll get Critical Hit with Hector Mira and the full episodes of Church Nerds after they air on Fridays. That's it for the show. We'll be back tomorrow and hopefully it'll be a shorter show tomorrow. (laughs) We hope you'll be here too. Once again, I'm Matt. And I'm Mo. Remember that Jesus loves you. Be on the lookout for Jolly Rancher cereal. And that was this episode? (laughs) That was so long ago. We've talked so much. (laughs) And if you see us around, we'd love a cider. Bye!